Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good morning, Bucknutters. Welcome to the Bucknuts Morning 5 here on Monday, October 3rd, 2022. I am Dave Biddle. Very happy to be joined by Steve Hellwagon. A ton of stuff to get into, Steve. Let's start with Mayan Williams. My God, did he look good. This He's looked great all year. Ties the school record with five touchdowns uh, in one game um, against Rutgers, tying with you know just guys like Pete Johnson and uh, Keith Byers. Love what I'm seeing out of Mayan Williams, man. He's a bowling ball out there that is so hard to tackle. And he's he's more elusive than I think he gets credit for. He can truck you, and he can make you miss. Love what I'm seeing out of Mayan. Yeah, he had an outstanding day, no doubt about it. And uh, they didn't find out Travian Henderson wasn't going to play till right before game time, I guess, and uh, made the de- decision to sit him. And that moved Mayan Williams up from being 1A to being one and only so uh, he took the ball and ran with it uh, literally and figuratively and was nothing short of outstanding I thought offensive line as well deserves a ton of credit they are just uh, moving people off the line of scrimmage Rutgers defense came into the game I think top 20 nationally in a lot of categories now granted they hadn't played anybody I don't think Boston College or Iowa are considered great offensive teams by any means, but uh, nor Temple. But uh, you know, I thought uh, I thought they did an outstanding job with the run blocking, and and he really, uh, as you said, uh, got every yard he could possibly get. I thought. I mean, he he just uh, just kept coming back and kept coming back, and uh, really one of the better games for an Ohio State running back. You know. I mean, they've had a lot. You talk about Dobbins and back with Zeke and then, uh, you know, moving forward uh, with Henderson last year. Uh, they've had a lot of great games out of running backs in the last five or ten years. But uh, that one was up there. That was pretty good. And you just want to see, I mean, I, one of the questions in my chat that I'm going to do later today is, you know, should they change the roles? Should Williams be the, the lead guy and Henderson be the change-up guy coming off the bench? And ordinarily, I, I'd say, no, I want Travion 
to start the game because he's got that ability to take 180 at any moment. You know, if you just give him a little bit of a crease, he can squirt through there and he can be gone. And one thing, as I continue to harp on, they haven't thrown the ball to the running backs out of the backfield yet. Maybe they're saving that for the the real opponents down the line. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, I uh, I look at it and I just kind of say that uh, they've got to get the, those guys more involved one way or the other in the passing game. And I think that, uh, you know, in terms of, of – of, what those roles should be going forward. I'm good either way. I, I could start Henderson or I could, I could start Williams uh, just so long as they both get plenty of work. That's all that matters to me. Starting the game really is immaterial to me. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm glad they have them both. Um, and a big reason um, Mayan played well, this offensive line, man, on his 70 yard touchdown run, as we talked about on the post game podcast, Paris Johnson Jr. took his man basically from one hash mark and just just shoved him to the other side of the field to the other other hash mark, and Mayan just like seventy yards later. Um, and it's not just Paris Johnson Jr. It's the entire offensive line. Justin Fry has them playing at a high level. Love what I'm seeing out of this O line, Steve. Yeah, no doubt about it. And down on the goal line, for the most part, they were very efficient put, putting the ball in the end zone. They had the one series. Uh, it seemed like it took them 15 minutes in human time to get it from the three-yard line to the goal line finally. But, uh, you know, some of that was Rutgers with their penalties down there on the goal line as well, prolonging the drives twice inside the 10-yard line uh, for Ohio State. So, uh, you know, it, 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 that, that sequence became a little tedious, I think. I, I didn't understand spreading the field and then trying to run behind the tackle uh, that that didn't make sense to me, but I know they they probably figured, hey, we've got to get CJ a, a passing touchdown down here as well. They tried that a couple times, and no avail with the uh, the rollout passes. I hate the rollout pass on the goal line because it cuts the field in half. Instead of four receivers, you're down to one or two that you can put the ball into if you you do that. So. Um, but on the whole, the offensive line is just playing phenomenal. And uh, Paris Johnson, he's playing at an all-American level. Uh, some of the other ones are playing at an all-Big Ten level. And, uh, you know, they, they just continue to dictate to the defense – uh, how it's going to go and, and move the line of scrimmage and and, and do all the, the things that you got to do at this level to run the ball effectively. Uh, they I don't think they had quite – well, yeah, they had over 200 yards rushing because he had 189 himself. But, uh, yeah, it was, uh, it, was, it was an impressive performance, no doubt about it. Yeah, love what I'm seeing out of them. Um... All right, most of the show is positive stuff, but we've had questions about this too from uh, our live audience and just comments. I mean, Steve, I don't know. I mean, I wrote about this this morning and what we learned, the, the written version. Um, I don't know. I don't have an answer for what's going on with Denzel Burke. I know he had the hand surgery, but he was struggling before that. And we saw Damon Arnett in 2019 have that club on his hand all year and, and turn himself into a first-round pick. Of course, it was the Raiders who picked him, and they're not very good at drafting players. Um, but still, uh, how many first round busts have they had lately? Um, but still, what what the what the heck is going on with Denzel Burke, and can this be fixed? Yeah, he didn't play like this last year. It's weird. Um, uh, so there's a disconnect somewhere with with Tim Walton, Denzel Burke, Jim Knowles. There's something 
that that's not clicking with Denzel Burke. And I don't know how to put it. Uh, I mean, he changed numbers from five to 10. The result was still the same. The first touchdown was scored, you know, right over him in the right corner of the end zone. Then later in the game, he's in good position, but seems to lose vision, gets twist turned upside down, gives up another big play going to the uh, Rutgers sideline, about a 22-yard play or whatever. You know, if those are the only two plays they gave up the entire game, I, I can live with it. Uh, Rutgers only had – they kept them to under 200 yards total offense, like 180 or something. Maybe, or maybe. I've, I looked at so many different games, I can't get up all the stats straight. But uh, really, Rutgers didn't accomplish a whole heck of a lot. We didn't think they would because they're playing their third-string quarterback and uh, they can't run it. So that's not a, not a good combination. I mean – you know, on the whole, you have to like what you're seeing out of this defense, but then you have to kind of tap the brakes and realize Wisconsin sucks, Rutgers sucks, Michigan <laughs> State's offense sucks. Michigan State, in their three-game losing streak, has averaged 60 yards rushing in three games. That's what they're averaging right now in those three games, 60 yards rushing. So they suck, and we know Iowa sucks. So that's four terrible offensive teams. A lot of sucking going on. Four four terrible offensive teams Ohio State's going to play in a row. It's like murderer's row here. So I can't decide whether, you know, we're going to Denny Green and we're going to crown them based on these four games. But I think I'd rather wait and see how they do against Penn State. And then I'll, I'll have a better idea whether this defense is legitimate or not. But I like the way that things are coming together. And Denzel Burke is going to, I say this week after week, he's going to play his way out of it. Uh, they really don't have anybody else to put out there. It's either him or it's Jair Brown at this point because uh, Cameron Brown, who knows when he's coming back from whatever he's got, and uh, J.K. Johnson is doing a bang-up job on the other side. Ryan Turner got to play a little bit. He got in there late and had a sack, I think. So, you know, I, he's got to clean it up. He's got he's got to watch film. He's got to he's just got to get his technique cleaned up, and you know he's got to go play football. That's all there is to it. And uh, it's kind of like Top Gun. You have a, 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 a near near fatal accident up there, you know, twenty thousand feet in the sky. You just got to get him back up in the plane, you know, and get get it. Forget the last play and, and keep grinding at it because he's too good of a player. We say it every week. He's too good of a player. We saw this last year. He's a very good player to be giving up plays like this. That's exactly right. Um, we've also had a lot of comments from viewers about um, the level of concern about the injuries. We've had some people i have even posted some comments. Um, people are concerned about the injury situation. Uh, Jordan Hancock hasn't played yet. Cameron Brown can't stay healthy. He missed uh, the game. Uh, Travion Henderson was nicked up, dressed, but he said in you know, warm-ups he couldn't go. Um, they're already razor thin at corner, as we know. There's some other guys that are nicked up. But it's football, and they're five games in. So I don't know what to make of it. How, what's your level of concern overall about this football team and the injury, Steve? Well, you didn't mention Jackson Smith, the Jigba, who Pete Demel, uh, you know, as we used to used to joke, the New York Times, Ohio State beat writer uh, Pete Demel, now with ESPN. Um, 
<laughs> came out on the pregame show and, that was and Urban's that, guy, man. That was Urban's guy. That was Urban, he and Urban were right here, buddy. Yeah. I mean, and he's the guy, you know, people remember broke the Maryland story after he, you know, was having issues on the sideline. It was kind of like the okay, this is greasing the skids for the uh we're heading down the home stretch with Urban Meyer here. But um he said on the pregame show that he's likely liable not to play, you know, for a few more weeks and may not get back till Iowa, uh, which is October 22nd or even Penn state, October 29th. Penn state sounds good to me. On yeah, one why, hand, bring him, why bring him back for Iowa? Iowa can't score for their, to save their lives. Yeah. Go ahead, sorry. Mean, Go ahead. They already brought him back for Toledo and he got re-injured. It seems like. And so, it makes no sense until he's 100, 100% that, um, that he would play. Um, they are winning games without all these injured players, which I think has to be – and not only winning games, they, they beat Rutgers by 39 points. I think you have to be encouraged by what you're seeing and understand that you've got great depth, you've got talent, and uh, you can account – or you can make up for losing, not having three of your starters in this game, but it's not something where you want to go into, okay, now we're five starters down. Now we're six starters down. You don't want that. So need to stay healthy. I wonder if some of this is a byproduct of being more physical in practice. Although I can't imagine that they're tackling Jackson Smith, the Jigba in practice. I, you know, I would have him in bubble wrap, but uh, I mean, my son said he's the best player in college football and he's only played, 20 snaps so far so you know it's it's uh, it's been a rough year so um not the year that guy envisioned i don't think but uh and same for henderson i mean my goodness i mean you got to answer the bell and and you know it's too bad that he hasn't been able to do that so um you know they're getting by running back i mean if something happened to mayan williams i mean where would you be then i mean that would be that'd be a tough one yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, we're you know Paul Chris got fired. We'll talk about that in a minute. But like, you know, I, I don't know why they have divisions. I know they're going to get rid of them eventually. But hopefully, like, this is the last year. Hopefully, yeah, this they is the don't last have divisions year. in. If you're in a conference, you don't need divisions. They don't do it in basketball in the Big Ten. Why do they do it in football? And it's it's more ridiculous than ever. You have the varsity and you have the JV, and it's absolutely ridiculous. Um, yeah, so hopefully this is the last year. Yeah, talk more about that. Is that what you're hearing? Well, that's what Gene Smith was lobbying for, and, and you know his word seems to carry a little bit of sway there. I would think with Kevin Warren that uh, you know, hey, we we need to dump out of this. And I think they just signed their new TV contract. They'd actually make more money, I think, on the TV contract if they could guarantee a top ten matchup in the Big Ten championship game every year. They can't do that now because the West. There's nobody in the West even ranked right now. So, um, you know, how sad. Uh, I mean, Minnesota was flying high, and then to come home and just lay a total egg like that against Purdue. I mean, O'Connell's a good player and everything. I get that. But, my God, you know, Tanner Morgan threw, what, three picks. I mean, that you know, this is your senior quarterback. He can't be doing that. Uh, Wisconsin, you know, Paul Crist. On one hand, great program manager, and he'll put a football team on the field every week. But, my God, that's the worst performance by a Wisconsin team I've seen 
And somebody had the stat. They lost to whom to Penn State 48-7 to back in 2008. I don't remember that game. I know Penn State was really good that year. They came into Columbus and uh, beat uh, beat the Buckeyes. That wasn't that the it's okay T uh, game uh, with your your friend uh, Nick Siciliano and Terrell Pryor. That was that Penn State team. Oh, gosh, it was the yeah. la- last team that went into Wisconsin and did a number on the Badgers like uh, Illinois of all teams and Bielema. That's and what I think really Bert put a bub. Yeah, he left Wisconsin at the altar after for Arkansas. Leaves Wisconsin, who Barry Alvarez hands him the job, hands him a great roster, and then Bielema leaves Wisconsin for Arkansas, fails miserably at Arkansas, comes back to Illinois, the doormat of the Big Ten, and then goes into Camp Randall and blows them out, and they fire Paul Chris the next day. He's Go looking ahead. good. He's looking good in that orange pullover, by the way. He. Uh... <laughs> Sport in the he, orange. He would definitely have his wife if he was a millionaire, <laughs> wouldn't he? Oh my, my gosh. Jeez. He's got this yeah. beautiful he's got this beautiful wife, and he just looks like, you know, anyway, you know what I'm talking about. He, yeah, yeah. He, looks, he looks really he looks like a big old uh giant orange. Yeah. You know? So Illinois, I mean, they got Chase Brown, this running back who's outstanding, and this quarterback, Tommy DeVito, who's really coming on as well. Maybe Illinois is a team to watch in that division. Uh, Illinois, Penn, Illinois, Minnesota, and Purdue. Those are – I mean, how weird is it? I was I was driving up 71 on my way to the game, and Wisconsin's getting blown out, and Iowa can't get a first down. And it just occurred to me, those were the two teams that were picked in the West – and the season is over. On October the 1st, it's basketball season at Wisconsin and Iowa. I mean, there's no reason to watch the rest of the games. That's how bad it is. Mm-hmm. So I didn't think Iowa was going to be worth a crap this year. I picked them to go 5-7. and seven. I picked them – when I looked at the game, see the schedule, the way it stacks up for them is really difficult to me. That's what I thought. And that, you know – and I even had them beating Iowa State, but – you know, whatever. Uh, I just didn't think in the Big Ten they matched up very good, and they don't. And, you know, I think it is time. The, the one thing I would say if you scrap divisions that would, would not be a great thing is having to play Ohio State and Michigan twice in an eight-day period. I think that would be – I don't know what to make of that because if, the, if you win the first one, let's say you win the first one 35-21, to 21, then you have to turn around and go play them under different conditions in the Dome – it could, it could favor the team that lost the first time around, you know, goes into Indianapolis and wins the second one, 42 to 21. You know, you just don't know. And then, you know, it negates the first one. We've seen it with Texas and Oklahoma, though. They've been rematched in a different team has won that game uh, the second time around. So and last year, Oklahoma State and Baylor. Well, it's obvious now, Big 12, they play all nine teams, so – There has to be a rematch in their game, but the rivalry game in particular is not one that you really want or need to see a second time in the same year. That's just, that'd be a trade-off because you're going to have that once or twice every five years, Ohio State versus Michigan. If not, are they making this the big, big two, two and a half with Penn State and the little 11 and a half? The little 11 and a half. Hey, at least at least our future Big Ten brethren, USC and UCLA, are playing well. Can we can we just add them now? Gosh, 
the stupid JV division. I'm so, just so, you know it. that'd be one case to keep divisions just because of the geography of them, and you can divide it right at the Indiana Illinois line that Purdue moves over to the east, and then USC and UCLA go in the west, and then USC and UCLA at least wouldn't have to come to the Eastern time zone except once or twice a year to play teams in the East. You know, at least their games would only be a two hour difference in the central time zone. But um, man, there are so many logistics that are involved with this 16 team league. And, you know, this is no one even really considered basketball, but how do you stage a 16 team basketball tournament? Does one play 16 in the first round? You can't have eight games at one site in one day. It's why does every team need to make it, in my opinion? Like why what why are we giving out participation trophies? Like, my God, in in high school football, not everybody makes the playoffs. I don't think everyone makes the MAC tournament anymore, do they? I think they only go to the top eight or something. They shouldn't even do that now. I mean, I know it's money, so they'll figure out a way to do it. Maybe they could have a first round with not, you know, the lower eight play each other at campus sites and then the you know whatever advances out of that uh 12 or teams. the bottom four doesn't make it and then yeah. the next four have like a play in or i don't i don't know they'd have to figure Sorry. it out like yeah, yeah right i don't well, they're, they're, they're doing away with the acc big 10 challenge which has been a fabulous fabulous event because no one has the 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 thought to think outside the box and say let's keep it and espn will get to keep the games at the acc arenas and fox would keep the games in the Big Ten arenas. I mean, it's not – that's what they did on the Gavit games the first year or two that they split it up. This is not rocket science, people. I mean, keep keep a great event. If you have a great event, keep it. I, I don't I don't get this. But, again, no one gives a shit about basketball in this. So, any, and, of course, at Ohio State, basketball is like, you know, not, not even really a thought until February. But – um, it doesn't seem a lot of times unless they're playing Duke, but that to me, I I don't know. I I'm saddened by some of what I say. I mean, we don't see we don't see West Virginia Pittsburgh anymore. We don't see Texas A&M in Texas. You know, all these great right Nebraska Oklahoma, all that stuff went by the wayside for money. So just the sooner we accept it, the better. I had to finish the show by pissing Steve off. Sorry about that, Steve. So I got I get you up early and then I I get you mad. Sorry yeah. about that. Great stuff out of Steve Hellwagon. Appreciate it, my friend. Thank you to all the listeners and viewers out there. Thank you for all the comments and questions. Appreciate you guys very much. I know you have a lot of choices. Appreciate you making us part of your morning. Again, thanks to Steve. Thanks to all of you. Hope everyone has a great day. Picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. 
We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 